President Trump has signed a flurry of executive actions over the past five days, including earlier today, advancing the Dakota and Keystone pipelines. So, you know, just in case you weren't sure, we're not in Kansas anymore. And the way things are going, if they find some more oil in Kansas, Kansas won't be in Kansas anymore. The Trump Report starts now! You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin! Oh, my Ooh, goodness. Wow. That's the uh, quietest public enemy song I've ever heard. I don't hear it in my ears, but if the people at home hear it, that's all that's going to matter. Yeah, well, there, there we go. go. Uh, as the great Chuck D said, don't believe the hype, although personally, sometimes the hype is all you're going to be able to believe because uh, maybe you can't believe what the man is telling you, the white man in the White House. So uh, we'll talk about all of that. But welcome to the Trump Report. I'm the moderator, Christian Black, at Christian DMZ. To my left, camera right, for those watching on YouTube, Scott Moore at S-Man 80. And hey, guys. on the couch of, I don't know what it is. Alternative facts. Ca- couch of, con- yes. <laughs> the we decided. couch of alternative facts. <laughs> Joining us, the one and only, Mr. Drexel Hurd. Hello. Now, in season four, episode two of Sherlock. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's not right. He's, you're actually doing a marathon of all three episodes of Sherlock from this season. You're doing that here tonight. tonight. So Impressive. I was able to steal you away from that because I, you had a I gap saw you in the schedule. chat room, so thanks for, for uh, talking about Margaret Thatcher with us. And, Look, uh, I, I, I felt like I, I could bring the politics to that, and you can bring some Sherlock-like deduction here. Nice cross-promotion here. Yeah. 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 If, if Sherlock could figure out, if Sherlock could figure out what's going on uh, maybe here in this can. country, mm-hmm. maybe we, we, we yeah. all can. Yeah. We're doing all three episodes tonight. We just finished episode one, the six Thatchers. We're going to the Lion Detective. Like, I'll sneak out of here at some point uh, yeah. just to go into the next studio and um, and then we'll do the last episode uh, at 10 o'clock tonight. Right. And it's mm-hmm. a British show so three episodes is, is like exhausting. That's for it. Them. Yeah. yeah. But you know. <laughs> In any case uh, what's uh, of course really exhausting is uh, is the Trump Report which we're doing mm-hmm. but uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Trump Report ABTV, as in After Buzz TV. Follow us there, like us on YouTube, comment, rate us on iTunes, all that good stuff. So, yes, as I was saying, uh, sometimes you have to believe the hype because it's uh, we're, we're getting the alternative facts. We, we are definitely living in a post-factual error. Error was a, <laughs> was a Freudian slip, but mm-hmm. it's also an error. Uh, so, Alexis, when you can, I'd like you to get the uh, photos that I sent you. Now, we when we were on the air, we saw these photos of the mall in in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. on inauguration day, comparing 2017 to 2009, and the one that we saw, we're just like, well, that has to be from earlier, because there's just too much empty space, and as it turned out, it, it wasn't from right at inauguration time, but uh, it was from a little bit earlier, but it didn't actually fill in that much more. But we just figured there was no chance that that was the one. So if uh, you take a look, for those watching on YouTube right now, what the image is that you see, on the left is 2009, the first inauguration for President Obama, and that was at 11 a.m., so an hour before he started speaking. Skewing this image in Trump's favor is that the image on the right is at noon, right when he starts speaking. So there's another hour for people to fill in for Obama's. And as you can clearly see, there are less people on the right. And I did see sort of a funny, but you know, not so funny because it's terrifying what goes on these days, that what they did is they, they zoomed in on the big white tarps that are there. 
and they showed it was just uh, people in their clan robes that were making up a big part of the crowd. Of the crowd. Now again, it's just comedy. We're just, we're just, you know, we're not actually saying that there were people in their clan robes. There's just, just a little comedy that was but out it there. Could be with alternative facts. Right, with, with alternative, alternative facts. facts. Yeah, exactly. So, um, for some reason, Sean Spicer, White House press secretary, needed. And look, you want to talk about a guy who's just following orders? He's yeah. got a job. And his job and is And the to worst say, job ever. I think pretty I, it's a pretty job. Yeah, terrible Kelly, job. Kellyanne Conway's job, not as bad no. as his. His job is he has to go out there and like, no, take a look at it. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and, yeah, it's... Uh, who are you going to believe? Me or your lion eyes? Because look right there. Clearly, that crowd on the right is bigger. And Sean Spicer, look, good for him. He's He's, he's got to get his check. And he just... They doubled down and they said not only was that the biggest, it not only was it bigger, but it was the biggest. And they they Ever, th- then period. started throwing in you <laughs> know air watching air. watching yeah. you know, on on air as well. Tens of millions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is Drexel's mic on? Uh, I don't know if I'm hearing him correctly. I know that, uh, but anyway. So in any case, that they really doubled down. And Scott, give right. us your thoughts on the fact that Sean Spicer just basically put all the chips in the middle of the table and said, yeah, I'm going to let it ride on double zero on the roulette <laughs> wheel. Go ahead. Let's see. I mean, I, I I watched it, and I just finished, and we'll get into the Women's March yes, later. We'll definitely talk but about I'd come that, back yeah. down. I was very excited. I was feeling great. And then I come back and watch this. I'm like, what kind of alternate reality are we at right now? And I, and I actually, I felt embarrassed for him. And I wrote on Twitter, I because now I've been just aggressively writing every single person and calling them out when they're ridiculous. And I said, I actually felt bad for him because I'm sure the president said, go out here. I want you to say this because he feels so threatened and uncomfortable yeah. uh, by the fact that his numbers were less. And uh, it was just horrible. And then the fact that I don't know if, you, if you'd heard the press conference, the first one that he had yesterday, and he still insisted that it was the biggest. Right. And he wasn't going to even back down on that even yesterday. They're, they're the press not going to back down on and it. And he said, oh, well, if you count you know, all the digital stuff and everything else, it's way more than, than Reagan's was in 81. And I'm just flabbergasted the fact that they're blatantly spreading fake information and I don't know what they're what they're hoping to get out of this. I mean, the motivation from my viewpoint is basically that you're going to just toe that line that, you know, I don't get fair coverage and you just basically do it so much and you you just like, look, you got to get in line. This is what we're saying. You should report what we're saying or you know what? Maybe you don't get that nice seat in the press room, or maybe you don't get a seat in the press room at all anymore. I know, and that's know? and that's scary. And that's also the scary, the, yeah. the fact that it was so petty and something so ridiculous See, makes me concerned. You, what are they yeah, going to now? You do this for something that can't be proven. Right. You know that you're just something that's more subjective right. than photographs that go look. It, it's less people. And you know what? In Washington D.C., what was it like? Ninety-two percent of people that lived in Washington D.C. voted for President Obama. So it was really easy to get to the mall. Right, exactly. And, and President Clinton. And, right, and right Clinton. exactly. So much, it's very, you know, I'm so in Hillary. It was well, very, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's yes, that's funny. So, but, you know, and look, they didn't for Trump. So, you know, people had to travel in. And, well, you know, so it's just, I don't know. Look, I would say there's there's no shame in having a smaller crowd than for the first black president. But, of course, right. everything needs to be the biggest. It needs to be the best. It needs to be the hugest. It needs to be the bigliest. Yes, Drexel. I I, I was um, 
I, I like I, I mentioned earlier before the show, I listen to the West Wing pod, West Wing Weekly podcast every day. Yeah. And one of the things they had Jay Carney on um, in one of the episodes mm-hmm. beginning of season two, uh, going into season two of the West Wing. And one of the things that he said that. Uh, that he learned from the other past press secretaries, he, and from uh, Ari Fleischer to uh, Dana Perino to mm-hmm. Dee Dee Myers, every, Bobby Gibbs, Bob Robert Gibbs, every person, every press secretary that came before him said the same thing at first out of the gate. Like the first rule of being the press secretary is do not lie to the press. Mm-hmm. That is the number one rule of press. Secretary. It's like the golden rule. Yeah, there's the golden rule. It really right. is. I mean, you can of course be evasive, right. and and there, you know, there's the half truths of mm-hmm. you know we're going to have to look into that. There's things you can't say, but yeah, or we're not going to comment. Lies. Or and and, yeah. and and from what I understand, the relationship uh, Sean Spicer is not as close to Donald Trump as the rest of his aides are, Josh Kushner um, or Jared Kushner mm-hmm. or Kellyanne Conway or Steve Bannon, or whatever. Um, to the point where I don't know if. Uh, 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 Donald Trump uh, really trusts Sean Spicer all that much just yet uh, so he just kind of throws him out there uh, whenever and expects him to kind of uh, regurgitate things like he sent uh, Katrina uh, Pearson out mm-hmm. uh, often and she kind of spouted out some uh, a lot of alternative facts as well um, but we saw a different Sean Spicer on Saturday than we did on Monday right. which he was still spewing he was lies. and there was that little reboot there right. that's he's still, true still spewing lies mm-hmm. however there was a moment where he said, you know, it was it was more of frustration. And a frustrated White House is a dangerous White it House. It is, exactly. And I think that, that look, I I used to want to be the White House press secretary when I was in college. So did I. And, Actually, it's funny you um, said that. So did I. Th- I thought it would be, I thought it would be a great Because I, yeah. I love C.J. Craig so much. And I thought it would be a great <laughs> role. And made, he doesn't want to. That's what made me never want that job. Whatever it was, the White House press secretary. She's a great character. Yes. Like, yeah, I don't want that job. It reminds me of that episode when, jo- when Josh Lyman was trying to be the press secretary for a day and then he screwed the whole thing up. Yeah. And Toby. And Toby. It was more of a Toby. It's more of a Toby. And so I think that. Sean Spicer, he might not last uh, very long if Trump gets really upset. But I think that, you know, we keep blaming the White House right now when at the end of the day, just like what happened in the election, the media should have, like, you know, somebody suggested the media, the the network should start putting their, like, their... um, field correspondents they're mm-hmm. like combat correspondents in the white house press press room uh, in the press corps because they're used to hostile environments and the white this current white house is a hostile environment to journalists. well certainly to well, the media and well to, go ahead no i was just gonna say uh, just the two points are you know what i was saying earlier is like if they're gonna lie about something like this what are they? Sure. How am I supposed to trust what they're saying going forward when there's actually serious implications going right. on? And the second thing I was going to say about you mentioning about that is I felt like I listened to the second press conference or the first one really on Monday, and um, I just kind of was baffled by the fact that the media was just sending all these very softball, light questions to him. And I kind of agree with you, Drexel. If the media is to say we're not going to cover your stuff anymore, of course Trump loves publicity and everything else, wants to be loved and adored by everybody. And if they were to really ask hard questions and really be on their A-game and then 
not even show up. Like I heard CNN wasn't even going to show up anymore to his press uh, briefings on well, the last. They're not gonna answer and, your and they're questions. not going to be there exactly. Yeah. Then then don't show up and if give them the attention. Your questions. There's no real benefit to being there. No. So you know what? Go ahead and you know. But I think more people or more of the media need to do that and really really need to be focusing on their A game and really get back to the investigative roots of journalism and right. not just focus on the, the sensational stuff like the MLK bust. And other things like that that are now going to play back into Trump's anti-media rhetoric. We need to have people that are going to be serious. And it kind of reminds us of the conversation that we had during Inauguration Day, which was the media and so many of our friends were so focused on what the website said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you're like, everybody, the website is the website. Nobody cares about the website. Yes, be glad that they didn't take down the fact that you could sign petitions, and mm-hmm. that will come down eventually, I'm sure, mm-hmm. once they start to realize what it actually like was all, about. And all the people that, that are, they actually all have the crazy petitions, right, yeah. That they actually have to respond to something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody is so, again, so focused on the wrong thing mm-hmm. that they're going to allow this to happen. Yes, uh, the, the networks need to put, the White House Correspondents Association now needs to put investigative journalists in this press corps. Or, the media just does not need to show up the press briefings. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that happened on Monday was that Sean Spicer started, and from what I understand, this never happens. Like the pres- a president will do it, kind of have a list of names who to call on. Mm-hmm. And it seemed that, Sean, from what I understand, Sean Spicer had a list, and he called on those publications mm-hmm. yeah. that fit the narrative mm-hmm. that they wanted to drive out, starting with like the Christian Science monitor, like something, yeah. something like so obscure that you're like. Don't go to the first, like, the first chair is the one that you typically go to. The Helen Thomas chair is mm. the one that you ask the question, the first yeah, question. Yeah, uh, Skip from Grit Magazine, go ahead. What's your <laughs> right. <question? laughs> uh, right. No, look, I mean, it, it, clearly we, we could talk about this one issue uh, for the whole show, and something tells me it'll come up again. Oh, uh, But, um, oh, and Alexis, if you could put the chat room up on the monitor, it'd be good to see. I especially would like to know what our friend Storage Yard resident, who I know <laughs> is in the chat room, what he oh, yes. thinks. Um, you know, we're we're very you know. Look, on some level, I think that a lot of people who watch the show should be happy for Storage Yard resident because he's gotten exactly what he wanted. And let's see how it, it all works out for him. But I would like to know his thoughts as he sees these things. Uh, does he think it's a doctored photo? Does he, or is it just like, oh yeah? But you can't really do- like you can doctor a photo, but you can't really doctor a video. And I even saw somebody's personal video from the back of the mall. Yeah. On on what we mm-hmm. were saying at the time that Donald Trump was yeah, speaking, right? Yeah, you know, giving his inaugural address. So, like, there's two, there's there's too, too many, many things, things there that don't like, and then the it, and the uh, transit authority being able to track how many people went on the subway right. and everything else. And, and Sean Spicer getting up there and saying nobody has hard numbers. So if nobody but, has but numbers, but then he said, but then he went on, except then to he, give numbers. But yeah. then he gave numbers after right. that. That was the thing so, that was so ridiculous, and then he gave because, numbers after that. I mean, we've spent too much time on it, but the White House has spent way too much time on it, as evidenced by the fact that President Trump was speaking at the CIA, and, you know, yes, he had a prearranged visit there, and it turned out his nominee wasn't confirmed, so he went anyway. But this is probably not what he needed to talk about, and by probably, I mean definitely, but no. he can't help himself. He and can't. At the that's CIA. What, that's probably what the parenthetical subheading of this show should be. The Trump Report, parentheses, he can't help himself. He just can't <laughs> help himself. He has to be the best. He has to always be right. And and somebody always has to be clapping for him. Right. Yes. Well, that's the interesting thing, is he, he brings, talk about don't believe the hype, he brings his own hype squad. Right. You know? Instead of I a mean, traveling press corps, instead of, what I, do they call that? The, the press uh, the press, press pool. pool. Yeah, yeah the he's press got pool. A tra- 
juggling clap pool. Well, yeah. You know, there's morning radio shows that do that. They have people that sit there just to <laughs> clap and laugh. And, you know, look, Trump, if nothing else, understands how to utilize the media. And I was watching that and I was like, oh, there's people in that room laughing. I didn't think of it. I mean, because you're not going to assume he brings human no, to a CIA yeah. headquarters. Not, not you're not going to think that. Yeah. And, and if you saw, like, you know, we talked about just getting back to the actual. The, the real issues, which is, you know, every executive order that he yeah. signed has been a humongous photo opportunity mm-hmm. in, like, we, I don't remember seeing this many photo ops when President Obama was doing executive not orders. Not executive orders. He just kind of signed it and kind of Because they're usually it. executive orders. They're not a big deal. Now, I get it. It's the first few it's days. First few days yeah. And they're like, let's and, make this and, into and a big thing. And I'm doing... But it's like, yes. But it's like lined up with everybody. All the people today's, today's Dakota Access Pipeline uh, executive order, though, and Keystone Pipeline, and everything else that happened today uh, was the yeah. first time we saw Kellyanne Conway behind the desk yes the first time they put a woman in the shot yes because they, they were started like, getting oh, heat that there's all these white older men right. behind and, and Kellyanne Conway woman. had to had to slither into the old office <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, so here's the interesting thing is, uh, there, I mean, there's no. Well, I mean, there's a lot things. of them because I was going to say uh, the media. I was going to yeah. say really quick the media. Sure. The, the thing, his anti-media thing again, because then he had to bring it up with the CIA that the media was lying about their feud, and yet he was the one that started on Twitter. And again, you can go back and see that. So I don't understand what this whole pathological lying. It's because thing that he's the trying media to get out of. is allowing. Him to do that. It's the New York just, Times yeah, is the, the York, only publication right. that put the word lies. Which was beautiful on that front, on the front page cover. and said lied, which was great. And, and, and I was watching, and I want more of that from more of the media outlets, not just New York Times. And I did thank the New York Times on Twitter. I, I, I was more doing um, Quantico After Show last night, and I brought it up on the show that you know they're moving into the second half of the, this uh, this season, and um, the networks are starting to move into a post-Trump America. I was reading that the networks are starting to cater their shows to bring in viewers from Trump's America so they can capture those uh, those viewers. And I think that's a mistake. I think mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. And uh, I'm sure anybody here at AfterBuzz knows uh, Yael Tiedel, and she does the Law & SVU show. And they had a Trump episode that they have pushed several times now and may never air because I think that it was written and produced assuming that he was going to lose and now they're like well this is just not going to be worth the headache so I don't know it's interesting uh, Storage Yard Resident oh no I don't like any comment that starts on InfoWars Storage Yard <laughs> Resident on InfoWars.com but I will read your comment because I like you uh, oh it went away there it is on InfoWars.com we're saying the photo was at an earlier time before Trump showed up and yes the photo that we saw First was that one. Now, the one that I showed was at noon, and there are more people for sure, but there are less people than in the Obama picture, which is the point. It's not the point of how many, what the difference is, is the point that the White House is like, well, we're, you know, Kellyanne presented alternative facts to the facts that people saw with their eyes. So, and the Nielsen ratings of who watched yeah. on TV was lower. I mean, all the stuff yeah. is true and, and able to be counted. It's it's just it's ridiculous of why he's he's continuing to lie about that, and then as we can get into today about lying about the the illegal voters yeah. again, like it's just ridiculous. But Stuart Yard resident, if you get all of your news from only two sources, Infowars and the Trump Bart. Report, no, no, Infowars <laughs> and the Trump Report, I like to feel like oh, you're going to get a little bit. <laughs> little bit so thank you for sticking with us. Um, let's very briefly 
even though it was massive and hugely important, let's talk about the the marches across the country. You know, people were referring to them as women's marches, but I know there were uh, a lot of men there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the big one was in D.C., but they were across the country. Uh, my wife went with a bunch of friends here in Los Angeles. I know a lot of people who went. And I think it was great to see why people were out. And we were having this conversation on The Tomorrow Show last night, which is basically that... You know, obviously, if Hillary won, people wouldn't be so motivated to be involved. And no one's going to say, I'm glad that Trump won because it's made me more mm-hmm. involved. However, that's what happened. And as a result, you're sort of getting this thing where people are like, oh, okay, maybe we don't just all sit back and think that, all right, everything's going to go our way because it has for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. But, so, yes. I, but I feel like, and I thought the march was great. A lot of my friends went, a lot of everybody. I, I, I was working that day, so I couldn't get out there. Um, but I think there is there's two things that that happen um, to liberals and Democrats, which is we get hyped up, and then three six months from now it kind of falls to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I know Gloria Steinem was on Real Time la- uh, Friday night, and Bill Maher brought that up. Like, what happened? What's post March? Right. right. Yeah. And you know everybody's getting involved. Yes, um, I know there's an organization that's primarily focused on recruiting female candidates now um i think it's like i can't remember it's, i know i i saw it the other day well, Emily, emily's list is always emily's been a list big is one about, but on, another, on, yeah yeah but there's a new one that's like mm. primarily focused on recruiting uh female candidates now and uh, you know that's going to be the question is what happens a year from now when all 435 congressional seats mm-hmm. are up for uh, for grabs 33 Thir- democratic what? Senators are up for grabs. Thirty-nine governorships. Thirty-nine are up governorships. And... If those numbers, you know, and I I posted on on that day, looking at the numbers just mm-hmm. from the women's march, if those numbers carry through twenty eighteen, yeah, Republicans are going to be in trouble. But if w- the momentum starts to slow down because everybody starts to see this dangerous, what we've seen in the last four days is not going to slow down. So if people aren't, you know. Are starting to see the other the other side of that is that I also blame the Democrats because that same day, every Democratic every candidate for DNC chair, except for Pete Buttlig, uh, of from Indiana, Mayor Pete, um, was at the march. Um, he was at the march. They were at the David Brock dinner. Oh, that's interesting. That night, I didn't even realize that Keith yeah. Ellison was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Perez was there. Uh, I've got uh, Sally Boynton Brown and uh, Ray Buckley um, on my show next week. Uh, they were there, I think. Actually, Sally wasn't there. Ray was there. Um, so I, I think that that is where you're starting to see. And then you know you have the news of Cory Booker voting against prescription drugs. So right. there's a lot of momentum that is going to start to slow liberal uh, Democrats right. and, down. And, and you're right. And, and it's it is a, a common problem that we have as Democrats and in, in the progressive movement is what do we do to harness that energy? Because right. it was great. Everyone got out and it was peaceful and it was very right. successful. But you're right. How do we harness that energy? How do we keep these people motivated? Especially how do we get these people the... out to vote? How do we get them you know involved at the local level and, and get people in that? And, that, I, and I said today to it's somebody, absolutely I said right. Elizabeth Warren today uh, signaled that she would vote uh, in favor of getting uh, ben Carson out of committee. She might not vote for him on the floor, but she's mm-hmm. going to give him the yes and get him out of committee, whatever. Um, so that's a shock to the progressive wing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Sherrod Brown today said that he would vote for Ben Carson as well. Um, but on the other side, you have, I think that eventually Bernie Sanders is going to disappoint the Bernie Sanders wing of the party. And by that, you mean disappoint Chelsea. Uh, yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I just meant like something is, he is going to vote for something that they're he- going to be like, 
What he seems mean? very ready to, you know, you know, to compromise where there's, where there's common ground. Mm-hmm. He's get, he's going to compromise. I mean, Democrats because, introduced that trillion dollar. They're about to introduce that right, trillion dollar yeah. infrastructure mm-hmm. bill. Uh, Bernie Sanders isn't attached to that. However, you know, you know, he's still tweeting about, you know, uh, uh, you know, the things that he's always tweeting about, which I think again is a mistake because um, he's a one issue thinker. Well, uh, wrapping up the topic of the marches, there were a series of tweets from President Trump. Um, I'm going to focus on the latter one, which is the positive one, where he said, peaceful protests are a hallmark of our democracy. Even if I don't always agree, I recognize the rights of people to express their views. It is, I believe, one of the most retweeted tweets from President Trump. And it wasn't written by him. And I called him out on it. No, of course. (laughs) But Because you saw the earlier one. The sense of... All right, I've got to let whoever that is that mm-hmm. does that. It's not Bannon. You know, no, whoever Stan, that is. Uh, yeah, whoever whatever handles that approach. Mm-hmm. Because we'll get those statements from him in person not that often in the last mm-hmm. five days. But you'll get the tweets from like that. And that's what he should have been doing the last five days is that approach. Like, well, oh, okay, people can protest. Great. I, mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. And what because can now I, I've got to yeah. work. Yeah. Right. Now, let's talk about the work that he is doing. I know Drexel's going to have to leave soon. So I do want to talk about these executive actions. Uh, the the first one is, is sort of easy to kind of talk about, a federal hiring freeze. It doesn't bother me that much. There's I feel like lot, that happens every yeah, president. Yeah, there's it's, a lot of federal employees. That's fine. It's you know, window treatment. I, I mean, it's not a bid. Yeah. Yeah, the size fine. of the federal government has continuously gone down yeah. as far as the workforce. That's right. that's it's, it's silly yeah. though. It'll, it'll except, uh, or as Donald Trump says, except for the military, as he signed, yeah. except yeah, for the, the military. military. Yeah. Yeah. We're it's, not going to, we're yeah. not going to downsize the military. I do know a lot of federal employees that uh, you know are looking to you know get into another line of work. So you know the hiring freeze will probably have to end when there's some vacancies. It's not like no, they were hiring uh, anybody anyway. They right. still have a lot of vacancies. A, it's so just a silly political thing. It was very silly. So. TPP and Chelsea's not here to talk about it. So we'll talk more about that. But uh, so there's the TPP and the Mexico City abortion rules, which I admit that I had to look up exactly what that meant. And that sort of ties into uh, something that the House passed today, which I knew was in here. But uh, that was basically not using federal funds and, you know, well, they the Hyde gag Amendment. Rule. Yeah, the gag rule right, and gag the Hyde rule. Amendment. Um, so let's talk about those before we talk about the pipelines. Uh, all of the, the hiring freeze, if you want, but the Mexico City rules and the uh, House legislation today. Oh, well, the gag rule. Today. The gag rule. The gag, gag rule, rule, yeah. I mean, I, I, from, from what we know is that the gag rule is just kind of flip-flops back and forth mm-hmm. between yeah. Democratic president and Republican. Right. Like, that's just something that's going to happen. I don't think that that's... I don't yeah, think and, and like right. these couple days around here is when it always gets signed because it's the anniversary mm-hmm. of Roe v. Wade right. and President and Obama new, new allegedly new. waited an extra day because he didn't want to sign it on the you know on right. the actual anniversary. So yeah, so it goes back and forth. So obviously, it's oh, don't not, forget the proclamation that he gave himself to. By the way, the proclamation. I couldn't find that though. That's what I, I was going to ask if that was real because I couldn't find it on the on the White House website. Oh, they probably every probably probably got crazy and they probably took it down. Yeah, because I did what not see it on the proclamation. It was he he deemed January twentieth, twenty seventeen, the something day of. 
something patriotism day of I don't know. Wow, Something's I call like, it the day for, of reckoning. Yeah, I don't for, know. for for dear leader, <laughs> the to have a day. Winter that was... is coming day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some some day that he gave himself. I believe, yeah. I believe uh, if we follow James Cameron in Terminator Two, it was Judgment Day. It's judgment Day, what it was, and the uh, rise of the machines is actually next month. But anyway, yeah. So. Look, these are all things that we very well can expect him to say and do. These are the issues that he's, as a Republican candidate, and sometimes when you talk about President Trump, you might use the air quotes around Republican. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've said that yet. I don't think I've said those words. That, President that, Trump? Yeah, I don't think I've said that I, yet. I have noticed, I mean, obviously, you know, we talk mostly just on the show. I know I have not heard you say it yet, and you slipped and you almost said it. <laughs> when we had you on the <laughs> But, you know. At some point, it'll probably just come out. But I mean, that is who he is, right? You know, and I call talk, him Donald John. Donald John. Donald John. So let's talk about the uh, pipelines, which were very divisive issues, and uh, there was a lot of protests. And well, President Obama gets to you know have his hands washed. He's like, hey, I didn't do anything with these. Right. Um, <laughs> again, not really that surprising. And mm-hmm. I, I think to some extent, people are surprised at how many of these things are happening right away. But that also shouldn't be that surprising because it's like. You know, first hundred days. Look at the first ten days. You know, it's, I mean, I think that that's something that they'll probably Sean Spicer will probably brag about at some point. Right, like the most uh, executive order signed by any president <laughs> ever. And then you know, we can always say, well, right. it was reversed with when Democrats did it, then Republicans couldn't stand it. Right now, all of a sudden, it's it's okay. You I know, think if, you know, and Bernie Sanders came out in orders. support of the executive order right when it happened. Not surprising. Um, not that I'm a big fan of Trans-Pacific Partnership. However, the alternative, in my view, of what the Republicans would want in a trade agreement Mm -hmm. is not the same trade agreement that a progressive who is against this, who is against the Trans-Pacific Partnership, is going to want. The trade agreement that Donald Trump is going to put forth will benefit more the corporations i know that clause in the tpp that Mm -hmm. really benefited corporations in terms of how they were litigated against and everything like that like if the new wave of the transfer partnership that the trump administration will you know cook up uh will not benefit the workers like they like like i think and they will be sorely disappointed so it's either you're gonna have at the end of the day i think what progressives have to remember is there's going to be a trade agreement there's always going to be – we are going sure. to always be in a trade agreement. So this idea that that the Trans-Pacific Partnership was so bad that they could not – that we couldn't even test it out to see how it goes, you're going to get something worse. It's like the election. You thought Hillary was bad. Look where we are four right. days into a presidency that we – who knows what's going to happen in the next uh, 100 days. Uh Kim K in the chat room, the real Kim K, not the other Kim K. Hey, Kim K. Uh, but I, I dare someone to ask Trump to explain what he's signing. I b- could bet you all the money I have that he has no clue about the documents Paul Ryan is ha- having him sign. It's not Paul Ryan, right? It's Steve Bannon, right? I because also... somebody said to me today, or I, well, I was reading somebody's post today that said Trump, Donald Trump is not smart enough to come up to cook up all of this stuff so quickly. Right. Oh, yeah, no. He's the, just signing what's given to him, essentially. Steve, this has Steve Bannon and, and what's his name? Mike Pence written all mm-hmm. over it. And I think to some extent, sure, any president is going to sign a lot of stuff. But, right. yeah, the, you know, the carefully curated issues that are being you know, signed into law or signed into executive action are definitely you know, for the base, for the people who voted. And 
gave President Trump those uh, electoral votes. Uh, so tomorrow he's expected to sign some more restricting immigration mm-hmm. from Syria and six other Middle Eastern or African countries. These countries include Iraq, Iran, Libya, Somalia, uh, Sudan, as I mentioned. I'm actually surprised Syria Iraq's on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iraq? I'm surprised Iraq's on that list. Because Trump probably has friends there? Because he... Probably went to a luau at Hussein's house at some point. Oh my gosh! What? I'm just, I'm just asking. These <laughs> no, I, I no, I, I genuinely, I'm, you know, I was surprised that, uh, the amount of work that we've put into Iraq. Yeah. Um, that Iraq would be on a list to ban. Uh, well, to, to keep out. We've put so much effort into it; they don't need to leave anymore. Oh now gosh. it's worth staying there. <laughs> but I don't know. It's interesting because look, this is this is one of the things that people are worried about. This isn't the wall, but. Well, you on know, the wall, I think he's going to do that tomorrow as well. Or you think the wall's going to be tomorrow? Well, that's what, they, said, that, that's what said, they're saying. It said restrictions on that. Right, but, but they talked about the executive order to, to, to start the process of the wall or whatever but it's they not, have to it's do. But it's not a... It's not going to... It's, yeah, it's, it's not... A, it's not a, these are executive actions right. that, that, that have an effect on the federal government, right. how, how his, his administration works, what happens... You know, along the border, along these border right. states, states now have to be involved in this process. Uh, the Congress has to be involved in this of course. process. Of course, yeah, it doesn't just the happen. Power of the person doesn't just happen. No. And you know, I said, I know we talked about we're going to talk about uh, the pipelines. Yes. Um, or we brought up TP. Or yeah, we're going to talk about the pipelines. Um, and somebody, I said to somebody today, the Trump administration is going to have to decide between the two pipe, one of the pipelines, to happen first. It's either going to be Keystone, which came first. Right. Or it's going to be Dakota mm-hmm. Access, which came, which, which, you know. So if people want to, somebody said, "What do we? What can we do?" And I said, "You have to vote in 2018. Like you have to, you have to somehow flip 40 seats. Yeah. Uh, next in, in 2018, which 40, it can be seats. done. I mean, it happened it in 2006, and it happened right. again in 2008. I mean, Daryl Issa here in California is up for re-election again, and he and barely, he, a, he barely, barely won. barely won out here. Right. So there are opportunities. For Dakota Access pipeline to be stopped, Keystone maybe not so much, mm-hmm. but the, because because the Trump administration is going to have to choose between the two, one of the two. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, obviously, we've seen the last few midterms have uh, been interesting to say the least, and depending on how the next couple years go, it could very well be like 1994, the contract with America, Newt Gingrich with the gavel and all that. You know, just sort of the the opposite ideology, uh, ideological approach to it. And Trump doesn't it. want to go up against Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> right. Which is interesting, by the way, on Inauguration Day, them sort of laughing and joking around yeah. about the pens, and like, oh, I don't want the pen for Tom Price, and oh, Mr. President, Mr. President, giggling, and I'm just like, Nancy Pelosi? I think she's smitten by Trump. Right. I, and, and, it goes like, back, oh. and it goes back to what you said earlier about him lying about the, um, the voter, the voter mm-hmm. fraud. That comment happened in the meeting yes. with Democratic leaders right. at the table yeah, it's just and like not a ridiculous. single Democratic leader, Chuck Schumer, Nobody called Steny Hoyer was him in out. that room. Nobody came out of that meeting being like, this man just said yeah, this. Yeah, blatant and ridiculous, ridiculous lie because he can't even handle the fact and that I'm, he lost And I'm, and I'm wondering, this, is, this goes to everybody in the chat room, whatever, I'm wondering if like we haven't really heard anything from Paul Ryan. We haven't really heard anything from Democrat. Like everybody seems to be very eerily calm. Either they're just all crazy, or <laughs> they know something is happening that we don't know yet, and they're just they're just kind of biding the time and, just and, and, course, and allowing yeah. him to do whatever he let thinks him to he's just doing. say whatever. Let him play a little things bit. He's right, say and, and then let pull it go. the rug out from under him later. Because today we found out, like I said, 
about Elizabeth Warren voting for, but like these are things that they would have never, ever, ever, ever been voting on, voted yes on, ever put their name on, never, ever. And now here we are being like, Elizabeth Warren is doing what? And I know that she's up for re-election next year, but you know, yeah, but this the very is the, blue this, state that, that that's she the kind have to that's the kind of stuff about. that that gets people primaried. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Drexel, that's very true. I know you're going to have to leave in a moment, so I, I'll jump to uh, this topic that I saw today. The latest Rasmussen Reports daily presidential tracking poll <laughs> shows that 57 percent of likely U.S. voters. Which I think is a weird way to characterize them because they're not voting anytime soon. But I guess that that shows that they're politically minded and they pay attention. Fifty-seven percent approve of President Trump's job performance. Of those, forty-two percent strongly approve. Are you surprised at those numbers, or is it just the people who are getting energized uh, by the, as we're referring to it in this room, the Steve Bannon agenda getting pushed out there? I was Scott, actually, actually. going to say it's the polling company because Rasmussen is known to tilt heavily Republican and has forever because I've always I've followed them as well because I like to just get back in the past. They they definitely tilt heavily Republican because that's not the the actual numbers when you aggregate everything of the type of numbers that we have for his approval ratings right now. Right. And if you think about it, was it Rasmussen? Sounds like Rasputin. (laughs) (laughs) And and you really can't, you really couldn't trust Rasputin. And so there's a little bit of... No, but they do really tilt Republicans. So I'm not going to take much into that because if you look at all the other aggregate polls, you see these closer to around 40% to maybe some of them have them up as high as about 45. Well, you're always my go-to But So... I wouldn't read too much into their poll, right. It's always good, but that's why on Trump versus Hillary, mm-hmm. we always looked at the real clear politics right. average because... Which you is know, what right now? I, that I don't know. Well, so I, I mean, it, I haven't I looked at the... lousy uh, internet connection. Yeah, yeah, it was so, around 40%, which he did have the lowest uh, like approval rating of incoming president that anyone in the, in the past 70 years, he had the lowest. So. Uh, which, you know, that's something that he should... You know, he always wants to have... <laughs> the, you know, I had the best low numbers of anybody ever. We had the hugest low numbers. It was terrific. What I did want to bring, bring up something because we talked about all the dangerous executive orders that happened. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but Julian Assange kind of reneged on his promise to be extradited to the U.S. I thought that was interesting. However, he also said today that he wants to negotiate that with the Trump administration's Department of Justice. He wants to renegotiate that extradition with the the DOJ, uh, with what will be Jeff Sessions' Department of Justice. Um, Because I think that he has those tax returns. Oh. And I will be very, very interested to see what kind of deal Julian Assange gets but, out of this. But Drexel, Donald Trump, White Kelly House. and Conway says that Americans aren't interested in his tax returns. They're only interested in their tax returns. And but the don't care but, about but his, I'd, be, he I'd, won. I'd be interested to know if Trump voters really were interested in Julian Assange getting some sort of extradition deal. Yeah, I don't think that that's a big ticket item for them. You know, no. I, I don't. I don't think so. That's what but, I'm saying. I'm yeah. wondering if they would be like, "Well, he's a traitor." Yeah, like yeah. would that automatically be their go-to? Like, why would you? Why would this guy, who's all about America first and patriotism, go after? Because in the past, we've always gone after. Like, look how they treated Bo Bergdahl. Look how they treated Chelsea mm-hmm. Manning. Look how they treated uh, Edward Snowden. And now you've got the biggest threat to American uh, cybersecurity mm-hmm. out there. And now you want to. 
to give him a deal from the Department of Justice. Well, on that note, Scott and I will have a few more minutes, yep. but Drexel, I know you need I, to get on to talk yeah, I was about gonna say, I don't Sherlock. think they're going to care, uh, to be honest. If, if it's something that Trump deals, they're, they're going to over... They're going to be like, oh, Turn yeah. a blind eye to that. Yeah, and then, and then Julian Assange is going to end up being the head of the NSA. <laughs> so uh, jump over yeah. to the, uh, the, the Sherlock, Sherlock after show yeah. for episode two of season four, which yeah. was uh, what the I thought the detective. best one. It was very good, Toby, Toby Jones. Jones. So that one was great. Um, so you can check that out. And uh, Political Culture will be back next Tuesday yes, sir. at 6 Pacific. 6 Pacific with uh, two DNC candidates and Chelsea will be on next week's yeah, show. Yeah, that's exciting. As well as John Manganiello who does the Big Brother After Show as well as the American Well, and Chelsea better do our show too. Uh, you know, if I, if I get an email, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm too busy with Drexel's show. And yeah, I'm headed I'm to tired. Doubt. Doubt on uh, new Captain Heigl show on CBS. So mm-hmm. you can check that after show that comes out in uh, February 15th and probably the Good Fight, uh, the spinoff of The Good Wife. So you can Right, the CBS All Access access, spinoff. Well, Drexel, we always appreciate you stopping by. by At Drexel Heard on Twitter. Thank you, Drexel. Thank you, guys. So now, Scott, there, uh, did you feel like you got to finish making your point there, or did I jump in with Drexel's plug and cut you off at all? Because I didn't, before we move on, I wanted to. Uh, From which part earlier? From. Well, I think think that tells me that we're. I think so, yeah. So uh, what we're seeing a little bit of is uh, some of the silencing of government agencies. There have been uh, multiple federal agencies that are limiting employees' ability to issue news releases, tweet, or otherwise communicate with the outside world. We've seen this to varying degrees. The EPA, Department of the Interior, Transportation, Agriculture, Health and Human Services. And the White House comment line was shut down for a while. It'll apparently be back at some point, but last I checked, it actually was not back yet. So... Basically, they don't want to hear from you, and they don't want you to hear from them. Is that the message that we can take away from the Trump administration? Uh, yes, right now. But uh, you know, uh, it's maybe a surprising thing that I'll, I'll say here. I want to wait and see what happens over the next few days because you know there, there's this. The problem is, and we kind of have it on on, on both sides with the media. Is, right. is we we've gotten so fixated on the sensationalism and uh, the to get it out first kind of thing that people sometimes don't vet things as carefully and I want to see what what really did happen if if he did say you know the EPA cannot message out climate change uh, things and then that is a, that's an issue um, if it was just let's regroup and let right. you know Scott Pruitt get into EPA and, and whatever and let's not be, then I'm like, I can give a little more slack. It just depends on what their motivation was no, on the why that- they're telling them not to uh, field reporters' questions and to be able to tweet the, the way they feel they yeah, want to I- and communicate to the public the way they want to. Because that is, is incredibly American. They should be able to have access in, to these government organizations, and it should be transparent, and it should be able to talk about what they feel they want to talk about without right. being restricted by... Uh, an administration so we'll on check, either side. We'll check in on that in a couple of weeks and we'll see. Because yeah. I agree that, you know, look, that's a very calm, rational approach. Is like, let's just see what they do. You know, there is a, a, a turnover, decent-sized turnover. What is their motivation behind yeah. it? And I've seen, you know, some of the stuff about how the uh, Badlands Twitter was going rogue and everything. But then that wasn't on there. And I know someone did a, a parody account on there. And there's just a lot of stuff going on right now. So it's almost like... Let's cut through the noise and see what's really happening. And if and if it is happening where they're restricting them, then that's a huge issue, and we need to uh, definitely get to the bottom of that. Right. And if, it's, if it's just a simple matter that they don't want Obama administration holdovers, you know, 
basically putting out things that contradict the policies that they're about to enact, then uh, I guess it does make sense. But we will keep an eye on it. Yeah, so I'm not they, a fan of them taking things off of, on climate change and other yeah. things, but we'll see what, we'll what, see what happens. happens. So the final thing that we're going to talk about before we go is uh, SNL writer Katie Rich. She uh, made a comment mm-hmm. about Baron Trump saying that he will, quote, be, well, he will be, quote, the country's first homeschool shooter. So, first of all, not particularly funny. Second of all, uh, as the White House press secretary's office said, it is a longstanding tradition that the children of presidents are afforded the opportunity to grow up outside of the political spotlight. The White House fully expects this tradition to continue. We appreciate your cooperation in this matter. I agree 100%. He's a 10-year-old kid, and, you know, I think that there's a fine line because if you had said, oh, he, lo-, you know, there were comments that he looked bored on Inauguration mm-hmm. Day. That's one thing. But then you sort of start making him the butt of jokes and things like that. Uh, I, I didn't like when they did it to Chelsea Clinton. Uh, there's a very infamous incident that, believe it or not, Rush Limbaugh had a TV show at one point. And uh, it was very clear, mm-hmm. you know. It, you know, he likes to downplay it. Supporters of Rush will say, "Oh, they got the wrong picture up there." But they said that there's also a White House dog, and they showed a picture of Chelsea, who was like 12 at the time. Yeah. And look, there was a lot of reporting on the Bush twins, and of course, uh, Sasha. And they're not twins, are they? Yeah, Jenna and Barbara. I just called they, them. No, twins. they are. They are twins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, that sounded wrong. But yeah, okay. But so they're not. They're not identical. That's why they're they are definitely not identical. <laughs> But uh, and then of course Sasha Malia. So yeah, I completely agree. It's like you got to leave the kid alone. Yeah. If there's one bipartisan thing that we can all agree on, it's leave the kids alone. It's yeah. Right, because he's a minor and he had nothing to do with this yeah. or, or his dad no. or anything else. Um, I think you know it's one thing with the adult children because they're actively yeah, pres- saying things uh, and doing things. Day Chelsea Clinton goes out there and right. spoke on her mom's and behalf, and that's, that's fair game if yeah. they're adults and they're you know yeah. speak on the behalf like Eric and, and Ivanka and Don Jr. They're all fair game, but leave a, a minor who's growing up who's not involved. Yeah. He should be kept out of it. Um, you know, and it's kind of the same thing. There's a certain degree too with with Melania. I thought people were were very harsh towards her and uh people have obviously been way too harsh to uh former first lady michelle obama uh you know there is a sense that yes they're adults and they're part of it but they also didn't necessarily sign up for this job and that that you know we can tell that melania obviously is not comfortable with english doesn't really want to be out there so it's it's very uncomfortable for her and it's really not she didn't sign up for it so her and baron should be able to be left alone for the most part let them do their thing yeah, when, and trash Donald Trump or praise him right. or whatever all you want whatever. because he's there. He's there and he he's signed for, up for yeah, it. He's the president. That's and that's, that's your that's First Amendment right. Yeah, but don't but you know try to keep the kids. Alone, the kids with, yeah, and, I think it's know, something we can totally grant. And it was and it was really in poor taste for her to say that too. Yeah, I definitely agree. It wasn't that, funny. It wasn't funny. It was in bad taste. It was and uh, not my, smart. My friend Tom Kelly, uh, he wrote something for Huffington Post that you know what. She apologized. She can be forgiven. It's okay. Like, whether SNL decides to fire her or not, because as comedians, you know, a lot of times you got to kind of figure out where the line is. And as Tom pointed out, you don't know where the line is until you cross it. Until you cross it, it, and then you got to go back from it. Right. And And if she had said that in a comedy club, people would have been like, and then that would have been it. But she tweeted it. Mm -hmm. And then everybody got to see it and got around. So, look, I don't know how funny she is. I I just know that one thing from her. That's probably not... She's been a writer for SNL for three years. She's probably much funnier than that. So, I hope that she... This doesn't end her career, but at least... 
Well, Some kind of punishment is fine. I have no problem I, with I was going to say, I don't think it's going to end her career in the sense that now someone will want to hire her because now she's out there. and she's That's both, true. But on the flip side, yeah, I do agree that, you know, if she is apologetic and she went too far, uh, you know, there's ways to recover from that. I mean, obviously, Donald Trump had made some comments in the past, as we all saw that. Yeah. And people overlook that. So I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think there's a good opportunity for her to maybe be forgiven and to be able to move on and learn that that was not appropriate and never do that again. And I think she has. But something that will happen again is this show next Tuesday (laughs) night, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern, uh, Tuesday. That'll be the 31st of January. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope that uh, Chelsea will be back with us, but we also uh, hope all of you will join us next Tuesday. We appreciate you being in the chat, those of you who are watching now. Obviously, everybody who uh, checks us out after the fact, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at TrumpReportABTV. Seriously, it doesn't take that long. You'll get the link to the show. We'll keep it easy for you. Follow us there. Like us on YouTube. Comment. Rate us on iTunes. Uh, for the now departed, but still <laughs> with us, you know, in spirit, Drexel Hurd at Drexel Hurd. You can go see his Sherlock after show now that we're done. I know. It's not like he was yeah. dead. Almost. I know. That's why I said departed, but he just in left. Spirit. He's on another show now. Uh, Scott Moore at Man 80 I'm Christian Blatt yes. at Christian DMZ. We will see you next Tuesday night on The Trump Report. Thanks, everybody. Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.